Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. August 7th, and this is your daily financial news. A lot of things going on today. Let's jump right into it. First, let's talk about what is happening to the Canadian real estate market. We want to have this discussion because this could be the pain that comes to the U.S. housing market very quickly. Again, we are having a tug and pull between the between Wall Street and Main Street, between jobs and inflation. And what has happened in Canada the last two months is something that likely will eventually come to the United States. Canada here recently, as we've talked about on this channel, had an aggressive Fed. They took up their central bank rate 100 basis points. What is happening on the economic front is Canada is losing jobs. Two months in a row, Canada has had negative job growth. This is the central central bank breaking the economy. While the U.S. had 528,000 jobs created in July, Canada lost negative number 34,000. You do that on top of what we've learned about the Canadian finance market, right? Five-year arms, trigger rates. There's a lot of pain coming. Will the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell and his cronies, eventually raise rates to a point where our economy breaks? I think they have to. I don't think they want unemployment to skyrocket, but I think they would be content with an unemployment rate around 5%. So again, this is likely in our future. So again, prepare yourself. We've had these discussions, emergency reserves. Uh, Last month, the average unemployment was eight and a half weeks. So again, three, four, five months emergency, getting closer to revenue, all good things. Death of the iBuyers. Yes, folks, it looks like the iBuyers are inflicting a lot of uh, pain on themselves. I actually think iBuyers had the wrong compensation model. If you know anything about my story, I've been a commission salesperson for the better part of three decades. The last 10 or so years of that, I have been designing comp plans and teams and all of those things. I want to paint you a picture of what I was thinking was happening at iBuyers and why they're about to go out of business. So think about this for a minute. You're running an iBuyer organization. You probably have three teams, right? Think about this. You probably have an acquisition team. You probably have, I don't know, what do you want to call it? A make ready, a maintenance team. And then you have a sales team, right? Makes sense, right? You got to find the deals. You got to, you know, paint and carpet. And then you got to sell them. Probably makes a lot of sense. But when you have the wrong comp model, 
you run your company into the ground. So what happens? It's predictable. I could have told you this was happening looking at their comp model. Think about the teams. Buying, fixing, selling. Which team do you want to be on? I don't know about you, but I want to be on the buying team. Why? Because you could lie to yourself and just buy everything. If you're rewarded for acquisition and you just go buy, you don't negotiate, you overpay. And here's the deal. I've talked to wholesalers in Las Vegas, in Phoenix, and it has become a running joke by wholesalers. Their first phone call is to an iBuyer. iBuyers went from making decent offers to flat out overpaying. So guess what? The buying team looks like a genius until they don't. Wrong comp model. Now the team in the middle, they're being squeezed. There's no margin. There's no this. There's no that. Cut corners. Ugly. And then the sales team, they're getting crushed. Again, what they should have done is they should have designed a comp model based on profit. That way, all three teams were running together. When you let the acquisition team look like a rock star, I guarantee you, the last 90 days, because everybody has quarterly business reviews, QBRs, the, the buying team, they were partying like rock stars, popping champagne. The team in the middle was getting squeezed, and the other team was going, I don't know what's going on. When you have the wrong comp model, you go out of business. iBuyers, you are in a lot of trouble. Uh, I don't know that you survive to the end of the year. If you can't make iBuying work in a market that's up, how the hell are you going to make a market like this or like this? You can't. You're going to go out of business. Not good. The week ahead. Let's talk about the week ahead. Uh, we got some earnings. Earnings are really trailing off. I believe 74% of the S&P 500 have reported. So we got a few more. Uh, Monday, we have AIG and Palantir. Tuesday, Coinbase, Roblox, Wynn, Planet Fitness, and Norwegian Cruise Line. Tuesday, I'm, a, I'm interested in Win, Planet Fitness, and Norwegian Cruise Line. Planet Fitness, people really getting back out there. Norwegian Cruise Line, what are people doing for vacations? And then Win, kind of the same thing. I want to know what's going on in the service sector. We have talked about, you know, jobs moving to the service from stuff. I think uh, Win, Planet Fitness, and Norwegian will give us a clue on that. Wednesday, we have Disney. And Wendy's, the uh, fast food restaurant. What is going on with Disney, uh, both streaming and parks? What is going on? Wendy's, fast food, inflation, prices. Are consumers trading down to their dollar menus? What is going on? Thursday, we have Dillard's, Rivian, and Baidu. It, Baidu will be interested to see what's going on with the Chinese consumer. But of course, the big numbers of the week are economic related, starting with CPI. I have found the expectations. Wall Street or talking heads, the experts, the experts are expecting 8.7 CPI. So again, a big leg down. That is a headline number. What I do find interesting is they actually expect core to go up. I think that's interesting. And 
this might be the battle that I was having internally why I couldn't make a call. Because again, I think headline, I could see headline coming down because of gas, commodities, shipping. I could see that. But the real problem is inflation is stickier. I think inflation is worse. And I think that's going to be represented in a core number that goes up. So the gap between headline and core will collapse. And again, remember the Fed looks at core because they consider headlines a lot more variable month to month. So Wednesday is going to be a big day. PPI comes out on Thursday. If you don't remember, PPI last month was over 11. 11. I got to say that again. 11. That's a problem because, again, PPI is kind of that wholesale pricing that can end up in CPI. And what we've heard from company after company after company this earnings season is they've given up eating margin. They are raising prices, which is why I think core goes higher. I think core goes higher. And I think that's meaningful. And I think that's a problem for the Fed. If headline goes from 9.1 to 8.7, could gas went down 20%? Okay. But core going up is a problem. That is a problem. And then Friday, we can't miss consumer sentiment. Do the consumer feel better because gas is down 40 days in a row? Are consumers still cranky and scared? What is going on with the consumer? Next week is a big week. Uh, again, Wednesday's the number CPI. Uh, I'm going to still take the over. I still think it has a nine on it. Um, but I would welcome an eight seven just to get that behind us. But I think core, I think core goes up, and that's a problem. Uh, office. So something that's going on in the office world. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of pain. We've talked about San Francisco having roughly 40% of office potentially vacant by the end of the year. People are collapsing their footprint, uh, canceling sublets. It is going to be a problem. Uh, talking or reading about some office investors. If you haven't found the site Real Deal, realdeal.com, that's where I get a lot of my commercial articles from. Uh, they're actually saying interest rates, inflation, um, not our biggest concern, not even a recession. In office, their biggest boogeyman is hybrid work. They have seen company after company after company consolidate, which, of course, when you consolidate your footprint, you open up vacant office space, which has to be leased. And of course, there are no takers or very few. So again, uh, this has led to a 22-2-2 crash in transactions in the office market in Q2. Again, we've talked about a residential crash in transactions. It's also occurring in office. And then finally, something I thought was very interesting. Did you know, I certainly didn't know this, but did you know that roughly 7% of all tax returns, seven, that many, of all tax returns are from W-2 employees that make 200 grand a year. 7%. It probably would not shock you that these folks have a disproportionate amount of discretionary spending. That makes sense. So what, did, what am I getting to? Well, it looks like over the last 12 months, these individuals 
have changed zip codes and possibly states. 46 million. 46 million people have changed zip codes in the last 12 months. That's that's an unbelievable number. Now, some state in the state, they just moved from city A to city B. But yes, 46 million people moved. And what we are seeing, it's hard to say any other way. Red states are winning. Blue states are losing. Florida, Texas have had the largest in migration of 200k you know people with 200k tax returns probably not shocking right what does florida and texas have in common no state income tax the next three uh migration after florida and texas arizona north carolina and south carolina who lost the most new york california both states have the one of the highest state income taxes. So, hey, you leave California, you go to Texas, you leave New York, you go to Florida, you get like a 13 or 14% raise. You're not paying taxes, uh, state income tax. To round it out, so it went New, New York, California, Illinois, Massachusetts, and Virginia. I know the first four are some of the highest state taxed states. I am not sure about Virginia. I haven't looked, but they were number five. What else do we have for you? Uh, looks like if you were short Coinbase last week when they announced their BlackRock um, partnership, uh, they lost $887 million. Yes, going short can be painful. You can get caught in a... Um, in a pretty uh, big short squeeze, which happened last week. Fed President Bowman believes that another 75 basis point is appropriate in September. I believe, again, if CPI comes in hot, we may get an intermediate meeting. I think anything over 9.5 on Wednesday gets a 75 basis point move in August. So again, Fed Governor Bowman says that that would be required. It will be interesting to watch the yield curve inversion. Will we get the three-month above the 10-year? Will the two-year and 10-year steepen? We will know next week. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, if you're in Tesla, congratulations. I think it looks like your three-for-one stock split is going to occur on August 25th. August 25th is the date of record. So, folks, have an amazing day. It is Sunday. August 7th. I hope you have an amazing day. Like, subscribe, comment. We will be back at it tomorrow with the daily financial news at 730. Bye-bye.